I'm Ron Algar Watt, and this is More Bits. I recently featured a monologue sketch written and performed by Clayton Weller on episode 185 of Sarcastic Voyage. Clayton is, as I think will become apparent over the course of this interview, a bit of a hero of mine. He's responsible for organizing and maintaining Seattle's Pocket Theater, at which we performed SV's recent anniversary show, and through which I've met all the sketch groups I've featured on both podcasts over the past couple of months. He has a boundless enthusiasm for comedy and the work ethic necessary to actually do something with that enthusiasm. His overwhelming positivity is infectious, and everyone I've talked to in this scene has something nice to say about him. The big thing that I was not aware of um, talking to the different groups is how much you do sort of comedy matchmaking. Yeah. Um, that's kind of a new thing that I've started doing in the past couple years. So I've been the artistic director of Sketchfests for five or so years now, five or six. And I've been working in the sketch community for about seven. Um, are these people shouting outside? Gonna... That should be okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so like, uh, like probably about seven years like in the Seattle area. Um, and when I took over at Sketchfest, like there was, there were like two or three like regularly producing groups. It was like, it lo- like local. Mm-hmm. There was like Charles was coming up at that time. Mm-hmm. UT, like ubiquitous, they, my group was coming up at that time and, uh, Porkville players and they've been around forever. Right. Um, that was really all that was happening locally. That was like the whole sketch theme. That was, was those three that groups. Was it. it was those three groups. And huh. um, I mean, like Cody Rivers was based out of Bellingham at that time, and they had been touring. But um, but for a major city with like culture and stuff, it's surprising that there's not a huge like a huge comedy scene. Right. I mean, there's a huge comedy scene. Um, the thing that happened was it, in the so the, it's been it goes it, sketch comedy has kind of gone in waves. Mm-hmm. Um, in Seattle, and there was a big wave in the the like mid '90s. Like there was a huge like everybody's making sketch comedy. It's a cool thing to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it kind of died out, right? There wasn't really an infrastructure there. Um, and then in the early 2000s, there was another pretty big wave. Um, and I think in between those two waves, there was that that was when Almost Live came out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which was the the like local. It was the thing that happened after Saturday Night Live. Oh, okay. Right? Do you like? No, I've, I haven't been here that long, so I'm yeah. Not... So I'm not from here either. But uh. like, it's a, it's like a Seattle institution. It was hmm. like the thing that put us on the map. The Bill Nye, the Science Guy, came out. Oh, of that. okay, yeah. Um, so that happened in between those two waves, um, and so the, it was part of the resurgence. Was like that show existed, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, sketch comedy! We should do that. I'll become famous just like those guys." Uh-huh. Um, and so there was a big wave, and there were a ton of people making it, and that's when Sketchfest started. And was like in the early, the early aughts, um, and it uh, just kind of petered out because there was no infrastructure to create new groups or like education, like mm-hmm. unlike uh, like um, stand up where they have they have open mics and stuff like that. Sure, it's like there's an obvious progression of how you get into the form, right? Um, uh, or improv where you have like the jams and you go in, you take classes and you learn that there just was no infrastructure was built during the boom. So it collapsed. Hmm. Um, so I, when I came on to Sketchfest, we were in the, like the very, like the bottom of the trough. Like there were what the Charles was, had moved, was like, had just started and they had joint like started up in LA was where they, or wherever they went to school, San Francisco, mm-hmm. somewhere in California. 
Um, and my group moved up at, like after college as well. So they were after college and we were after college. Um, and so when I took over, I was like, there are no groups. Like we gotta, like, that's gotta be my whole mandate is like, if we don't have people who care about the forum locally, the festival's not gonna succeed, right? And right. Like, I just wanna see it because I like it, right? Yeah. And it's like fun. Um, so I uh, spent uh, like the first two years just like practice, like doing programming where I'm like, I just want to get people to understand that, that we're not doing comedy that's drawn with pencils, right? Like that was my mission, right? Was to have a substantial population. This is what sketch comedy is. Yeah, yeah. I just like, finally stop answering that fucking question. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, but then, then it was still the kind of situation where it was like, I have all these like programs, we're running workshops, and groups still weren't like really generating themselves, right? Huh. Um, and it, it finally, like, I finally sat down and I was like, okay, I, I like did a mental exercise. And I'm like, what does it take to make a sketch show, right? Especially what does it take to make a sketch show when there isn't like the sketch comedy theater, you know, like when that doesn't exist. Right. Um, so I, I sat down and like, kind of did like here's the list of shit and it's huge it's like it is a full production it is like and it's not like a normal full production where you have like here's the writer and mm -hmm. here's the director and here's the actors it's like you do the whole fucking thing and you have to reserve your own mm -hmm. venue which is bullshit um so that's why no one did it is because one you have to be friendly enough to like hang out with a bunch of people two you have to have like administrative smarts and then three you also have to be funny right like right. it's like a insurmountable task um, so I was just like, fuck it. Like I, the, here are four people that I know are good. So that's where princess came from. I'm like, mm -hmm. these guys have all expressed interest in getting involved in sketch comedy. I think that they specifically will work well with each other. I'm going to hook them up, you know, like I'll put them together. I will train them how to do every single step <laughs> of this goddamn process. Right. And now they're producing regularly and they're fucking great. Oh yeah. Um, and the same thing happened. Like that was like the test version of it. Um, then we did it again this year with Day Job, mm -hmm. um, and I, I like co-ran that with uh, uh, my lady friend Sophie Lowenstein, mm -hmm. um, and it, it, it seems to work. It seems to be a model because like they just did their first full full run. Yeah, um, I saw them at Sketchfest. They're fantastic. Yeah, they're so good, and it's like I'm jealous. Like that's the thing is like I make these groups, and then I'm like, oh, I wish uh, you're I having doing... so much fun. I want to do it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, wish, I wish I was in your group. Uh, <laughs> like I like my group, but I'm like, oh, you're you're like the the biggest thing for me is like when the uh, when there's another group that gets that sketch that I'm just like jealous that I didn't write it. Yeah, you know? I was like, that is that is perfect sketch. <laughs> oh fuck. Anyway, so yeah, I've been doing like that's been my my job as I've now taken like I've moved the education responsibility of like mm -hmm. all the sketch scene stuff. I've moved that onto Dan Hart does our mashup, which mm -hmm. is the the make a sketch show in a weekend. Right. Like it's like the forty eight hour film project only with sketch comedy. Yeah. 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 Um and uh like so I, he does that like that's his thing that used to be mine mm -hmm. um and then uh there are other kind of like education opportunities that we run with different like now that we have a larger scene we have people to pull from and be like this guy mike matthew from cody river is gonna do a writing workshop blah blah mm -hmm. blah, blah so i don't have to do that worry about that now um so now my job is more on a kind of production end of like who are the people who are taking these programs and 
how do they fit together? You know, like who will who? Because I mean, basically, when you're signing up to be in a sketch group, you're signing up to like who are going to be my best friends? Like, like right. this, that's basically what it is. Um, and so, like, that's part of what it is. Like, I'm just trying to help people be friends. And it's it's like like at first when I heard of it, it's like when you hear. I mean, the the example that springs to my mind because I'm very old is the Monkees, but I know there's more recent like the boy bands in like the yeah. '90s where like there are these like they were totally artificial constructs where a record <laughs> producer would say, "You're the cute one. You're the like rebellious one. You're the like." Does it... I wonder which one Dan is. <laughs> well, and I'm I'm curious. Like, like obviously you don't do that specifically, but do you put people together who you know? Okay, this one you, you need someone who's sort of the workhorse who's going to get them all there. Yeah, and then you need sort of the more free spirit, maybe improv-y type guy. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 do you yeah. try to put people together that are slightly of different temperaments that would work together? Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, I I mostly I'm like. I, I have a list of things that I'm like, these are the necessary skills. Like, you have to be able to do these things in order to get a show. Like, you got to be able mm -hmm. to write it. Right. You got to be able to get everybody in the same room. You got to be able to, like, uh, entertain and, like, block your sketch and edit and all that shit. So I try and find people who have at least some of those skills. Um, and then I also try and make sure that, like, they have relatively similar interests and affects. You right. Know? Um, so with, with princess, I went out and I reached people who I was like, I, I knew that I wanted, uh, Randy and Dan in it. Like, I was like, those guys, they're going to be great together. Mm -hmm. Like they have a really fun thing. They have experience doing comedy. Like, like Dan had done sketch before and Randy had done improv. So I knew that like they would be able to get both of the like kind of like pre-planning and like live, like get making it come alive on stage thing. Right. Um, and I knew like from from that kind of core, I was like, also, they have this kind of like laid back, like relaxed, kind of dirty thing going on. Right. And I was like, who else do I know that has that? Um so that's where Taylor was the original guy in it, and then uh, Glenn kind of came in. I was like, these guys could really use some movement, like focus or less verbal stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Glenn would be an excellent choice for that, having seen him perform with comedy sports and stuff. Right. No, it's really cool that you think about it this much, and that's one of the things that I, I think is cool. Like when when we've done the writing group and things, you talk about like your your theories on comedy, and like mm -hmm. this is a different kind of sketches and stuff like that. And it's I think the first time I've ever met somebody <laughs> who actually thinks about this stuff as critically. Like, no, I, I I don't really I haven't gotten much involved in the live end of it, but just comedy as a as an art form as a whole. Yeah, you it, seem to think about it a lot more than. Yeah, I mean, it's the I think it's just a reality of like. It's so much of my life now. <laughs> like, but not everyone looks at it analytically. For yeah. some people, it's just an instinctive, yeah. this is funny, don't think about it. But I mean, even still, like, once you're in, like, once you've done it long enough, like, you start thinking about it, like, whether you're a free spirit or not. <laughs> um, I think it's just a matter of, like, once you realize that, holy shit, I've been doing this for, fifth, like, 10, 15 years now. Like, I have literally been doing sketch comedy for 15 years, mm -hmm. 10 of it with the exact same people. Like... I better start taking this seriously. <laughs> Otherwise, what the fuck am I doing, right? Like, I gotta know like why the things I'm doing are working. Like, right. I you have to have some way to kind of like you you start to develop a shorthand with um, the people that you work with on the regular, and by developing that shorthand, just it, it, organically it like evolves. Um, or if you're in my case, like I spend extra time thinking about it, right? But, um, you develop the shorthand, and that shorthand develops some kind of internal logic to it. 
um, and you start uncovering the bits of it that you care about, right? Right. So, like, a lot of times, like, game is a concept that um, Spike Friedman brought to the scene when he joined up with UT. Like, we didn't call it the game at that point. Yeah, and I was always wondering, like, where did that come from? Like, everyone just sort of instinctively knows it. And, like, where did you learn? Like, did you take a class? Do I need to take this so class? that comes that the, the game is, like, so Spike was... Um, uh, part of UCB, like he was mm -hmm. on a UCB house team in uh, in New York when he lived there, and that's part of their big training, like is finding the game within the scene as an improviser, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of the things that you do in improv, like totally makes sense writing, right? Like especially if you're writing sketch and writing in a collaborative environment, sure, like. Well, a first draft feels very much like you're improvising on your own, and, right. then, and then you <laughs> like, polish it. Like you're a crazy person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he brought that specific like terminology to us, like of the game, uh, and that kind of like filtered out into the sketch community. So Charles like uses that, and mm -hmm. like so that's kind of common parlance at this point within the community. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't remember how we got on this. You were asking a question. <laughs> it's fine. The the thing is, when I first when I when I first met you, um, mm -hmm. I was trying to like I I've been doing comedy in sort of a vacuum, like from my basement, sending it out to the internet. I was like, okay, I need to get out. I need to meet some people. I need yeah, to, for real. to try to and I, I mean, I like what I do tremendously. I like producing stuff. I like polishing it, like in editing and stuff like that. But I, you know, getting out is good too. And. I, so I went to the, the I looked, I, I just did, I Googled uh, Seattle sketch comedy to see what, what was up. And I yeah. found Sketchfest and right. I found that you, there was, uh, the, what do you call them, the uh, Thunderdomes. Yeah. Where you just get a bunch of people together and you, you pair up and you write sketches. And this was like, usually it's like 10 o'clock at night on a Sunday or something. And it's like, <laughs> like I'm like, what is this going? I'm, yeah. I'm old and I have a job and I can't do that. But like the one time it was like Saturday afternoon at two. I was like, I could do that. And like three people showed up. Right. Yeah. It was like you, Matt Olson, and one other person I don't remember. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So the Thunderdome was like a thing that we were trying out because like uh, people had been asking for a long time to have a place. Uh, no, it to, seems like an awesome idea. Yeah, to work on writing in a really low-impact environment. Um, and it was just, like, y something like that needs, like, consistency, right? Which is why we changed it into, like, a weekly writing room and, like... Oh, is that... Did that evolve into your, your writing? Yeah, that's kind of, huh. like, where it came from was, like... I, I mean, it was a combination of the Thunderdome and the writing workshop that you took. Mm -hmm. um, because... With the consistency of that writing workshop, it was like, oh, people want to do this, and like they're willing to like throw in just a, like a couple of bones to cover the space, right? right. Um, and they, they want to work like in want to see some like breadth, like the process, right? Yeah. Like what it takes to like start a piece and move it on. That was important. And the Thunderdome was great because it was kind of an open environment where you like you could come in, like you jump in at any point. Mm -hmm. um, so the writing room was kind of like a combination of those two things kind of mashed together, which is like it's got consistency and you can like if you come to several in a row, you can like have that process of like what is it like to see a piece go from like idea all the way to to fruition. Right. But also be able if you're like, hey, I've got a week, I just want to come in and write something as possible. So. And, and just on a very basic level networking, like you meet yeah. other writers, you meet like minded people, you, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, that kind of thing, real. which is great. Um, but when I when I saw you, you were talking about, yeah, I'm going to open this theater. And <laughs> the thing is, in the circles I travel, which are very, I think, similar but not to the circles that, that you travel, yeah. 
everyone's got big ideas. Everyone's going to do this thing. And I'm like, and I went home and I told Amanda, yeah, I met this guy. He's going to open his own theater, whatever. <laughs> and I seriously like, yeah, it's, it's so com The comedy scene here is just like everything else. Everyone's got these big ideas. And then like six months later, you open your own theater. So it's like, well, <laughs> the fuck do I know? That's probably just roll of the dice, you know? Like, I, no, no. It's like I, a 20 crit, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, I <you> did it. <laughs> no, it's just, I, I really completely read you wrong just because I've ran, I've run into so many people who yeah. say, I'm going to do this someday, and they never do. And you're one of the rare people I know who's got the big idea and follows through with the big yeah, idea. And so one yeah. of the things I really admire about you is oh, like, thank you, you very much. Like, just you did it. We're sitting here in <laughs> yeah, the theater. You're going to open. We're backstage. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was uh, like, thank you for that. That's just wonderful. That's very nice. You are a good friend. Um, the, 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 I, I'm just that kind of guy. It's like, I, I hate lying like this was like really it's not lying it's no you, you, but i mean like if i had to like it, for for my perspective it's like if i say i'm gonna do something and then i don't do it that that's like to me it feels like i've lied I, which i'm with you but a lot of people don't see it though right i know it's like oh you tried but like for me it's like i don't want to lie to people yeah i don't want to be known as a liar <laughs> so when well, i wasn't aware that you were raising money for it and all this stuff like i didn't realize how big like i just thought you were talking yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah it didn't occur to me but you you, you did a kickstarter right yeah like you... we ran a kickstarter um god it was a year and a half ago now mm -hmm. um uh and we were trying to raise eight thousand dollars that was like the bare minimum that was like we'll get a tiny little room and we'll make put a theater in it right um and we around wound up raising about thirty thousand dollars nice um and yeah it, i think it just spoke to the the wonderful community that it, that we have behind the project yeah it's like I mean, like one person can't can't do anything like this. Like it was it was a great work of uh, like all of the little troops that wanted to have this clubhouse that they could live in. Like uh, it was big big support from the improv scene as well. Like I got a shout out from um, uh, Andrew McMaster's over at Jet City. He's been nothing but helpful. Mm -hmm. And then also uh, Annex Theater and Ghostlight Theatricals locally. These are two little fringe theaters. They're like, they were like, this is a thing that needs to exist. We constantly have people coming through and we can't give them what they need. And it sounds like this is what you can give that to them. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so it, was, it was just really cool to have the whole Seattle scene rally around it. And then subsequently, like even we had people donating money who like were lived in Seattle or ha like, and we're now like in LA or um, uh, TJ Miller, who is this up and coming, like, uh, like professional, uh, he's a voice actor. He was in mm -hmm. uh, Dragon Age, oh. or uh, not Dragon Age, um, How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, he's, okay. I think he's like Tough Nut or something like that. <laughs> um, so voice acting, uh -huh. uh, you like that. Um, but he, he was like, uh, a childhood friend of a friend, you know, like, and he donated a thousand dollars to the project. Nice, fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was just really cool to have like the this big community and finally like give it to them. You know, mm -hmm. like it was an opportunity to be like, you're buying it. You're you you will get your theater. Well, and really, you're this. kind of like you're creating like. Obviously, it's in everyone's best interest to set this up because they're they're donating to something that will benefit them, and yeah. so they feel like they're part of it from the beginning. They feel like this is this is partially mine. Yeah. Instead of somebody opened this thing and they're letting me live there, it's more like right. I helped build this thing. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's and part, you know. I mean, like that 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 has been like my big my big aim, and like is 
just to make it everybody else's. Like, I don't want this to be my theater. I really don't want that. Like, people are like, is this is this yours? And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I am the guy responsible for writing the checks. Like, I am I'm the cat herder. Yeah, but know? everyone I, t- I my impression of you and everyone I've <laughs> talked to agrees with me. It would not like it wouldn't be here without you. You, no, you did the push. You you were the one who said. I'm going to do this and I'm going to feel bad once I say that I'm going to do it if I don't follow through with that. Right, yeah. You know most people, <laughs> I'm not saying, you know other people I'm sure that could do this, but yeah. not a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's it's... certain people who are doers, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, they get shit done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate I, that. I, I, look, most of this is going to be me kissing your ass because I admire the fuck out of you. Like, I really do. Up, just, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's... it. And and for people like a lot of the people who listen are not like don't live in Seattle might not know just giving a quick overview like what is the pocket what was the goal oh, and what do you do yeah okay so I had spent a long time uh, producing comedy and theater um, uh, like like self producing and it's just awful finding space like it's terrible. Um, and it, like even the best spaces like they're not doing it for you like like they're doing it to cover rent, you know, sure. like that they would rather be doing their own show or taking a break because they're human beings, right? And anyone who's doing theater or comedy is fucking doing it for free. Like that's that's the reality. Yep. And so no one wants to be a venue manager for nothing. Um and so like I had felt that pain uh like at firsthand as a as a rental person. It's like there isn't a space and it's really hard to build momentum. It's really hard to feel welcome. Um it, when you don't have a home, right? Right. Um and so, like, basically this idea popped in my head where I was like, I love working with uh, small producers, new producers. Um, I, I view myself like an educator. So, like, that that would be my, like, primary, like, identification is, like, comedy educator. And I had spent years through trial and error learning all of the things that you need to do to produce. And I realized that people don't have this and there's no infrastructure to learn it. And the pocket gave me an opportunity to be able to teach people how do you get people to come to your show when you're new? Um, how do you put on a show? How do you bring it together? What are the steps that you need for that? And the like, that's part of what it is. So kind of the broad concept of the pocket is no one has to pay to perform ever. Um, we foot the bill for rentals. We do only co-productions. So everything that comes into the space is us working with uh, a new producer or an established producer trying some new crazy shit. Um, And we film everything that happens because that's really hard to remember as a performer. (laughs) Um, We staff the event so you don't have to worry about like having someone to sell tickets or to run tech for you if you don't know how to do that. and we work with people to give them the the perfect run, which is really difficult um, because when you're first starting, like you want to be big, but you don't necessarily know how to get there. Right. And you don't know what steps make sense first. So like we help like, oh, it'd be perfect for you. You're developing a new show. You don't know what it's going to be. So we'll have you do kind of like uh, a Q&A workshop session 
like you'll do that on a weekday mm-hmm. and then you'll generate something out of that. And then a couple months later, you'll do uh, a single run, like crash course, one time only version of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll, we'll take back, you'll learn what you learn from that. And then we'll do a full run in six months from there so that you're building up momentum in your show. And then we have like, we have a ton of awesome mentors that like are hooked up through our artistic board. And so like, uh, one of the trajectories that we have is like you work on a show here and then because we do specifically hour long shows, those shows are perfect for touring. Mm-hmm. So we hook you up with our touring mentors and then we connect you to other venues all over the country. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And so that's just kind of it's it's kind of a clubhouse, people connecting and sharing ideas right. and stuff like that. Now, I mean, so does anything like this exist in other cities or was this kind of like, I'm not saying, did you invent this? But <laughs> yeah. really, like, it, did you look at like, because I mean, with with improv, let's say there's UCB, like obviously right. that's the big one in, in L.A. and New York. And you're right. like, OK, th- I want to do what those guys do. Is there anything like this for sketch comedy in other cities where you said, yeah, what those guys do is great. Let's do that. <sighs> yeah, not not really. I mean, like, I, I think UCB would be the closest closest example of it. Um, you just wanted to apply that to sketch instead of yeah. Well, improv. I mean, I like all kinds of stuff, like, and I know you have improv shows here. We've got improv, sketch, theater, burlesque, all kinds of shit. Sure, um, we're we're genre agnostic. Is kind of how I like to think about it. Yeah. Um, uh, so we will support whoever comes in, and we're interested in like the weird, wacky, and won't happen anywhere else kind of right. stuff. Um, but like, I think UCB would be the 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 most direct correlate to what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, they they do co-production stuff. I think they they have house teams, mm-hmm. and a lot of their model is based on education. Mm-hmm. So they do like education classes. They probably make I don't know like a third uh, like. 70% of their income. I don't know. These numbers I'm just pulling out of my yeah, head. Yeah, sure. Um, like 70% of their income on classes. And then the the shows are just uh, marketing for those classes. Right. right. And so they do like showcases of their performers. And you, like you see these amazing perfor- performances there. And you're like, how do I get on there? Oh, take our classes. Right. Like that kind of thing. And they offer really wonderful ed- ed- education opportunities. Right. Um, our model is much more focused on... Uh, we live or die depending upon volume of shows that we can pull through mm-hmm. um, because we set a really low bar for success, right? So it's really easy to succeed and get paid at right. our venue. Um, uh, well, yeah, the one the one show that we did here for our anniversary show was, uh, I think you said we had to get 20 people in to cover the door. Right. And we did exactly that. So, like, <laughs> you you didn't have any money to hand me, but I also didn't owe you anything. Yeah. We kind of broke even, so everything yeah. was cool. And yeah, like, I mean, sometimes we'll have a show that, like, the the producers aren't ready or it's just, like, timed weird. Right. Like, it's like, oh, there's a parade. Like, <laughs> and, like oh, it's like, we, we, don't, like, we don't know why. Uh, and, like, five people will show up. And, you know, yeah. like, if you were renting the venue, like, you would have been out of pocket, like, $100 yeah. or something like that. Um, yeah, so we we pay out later on, um, but I don't know where what we're we talking about. <laughs> I don't it, know. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, I like I like doing conversational. You don't have to like worry about. Did I answer the question? Did I answer? Well, I like answering questions. Like I would do that even if we're, if we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I like I I like this setup. I like what you have going here, oh, and I can't th- I like I know people who do comedy in other places, and they're like, wow, that's great. We should have that here, and I'm just I'm surprised. 
like I like I say, I wasn't sure if you would kind well, of come up successful. with this on your own. I mean, like I'm I'm my my like my crazy pie in the sky dream, and I, like I'm not saying that this one's gonna happen because no. I don't want to be a liar. No, I understand. <laughs> um, my crazy pie in the sky dream for this is that the model works. Like I'm a, I'm a person who really loves models, like mm-hmm. like systems and how to get the things to operate sustainably is like really important to me. Yeah. Um, and so. I mean, we're still in the testing phase. I mean, we've been, we yeah, you opened been, in August. Yeah, and, yeah, we've been running shows since last February, so not even a full year yet. Right. Um, but I want the model to work because th- that then can be transferred, and I, it can be a gift that I give to other people. Yeah. Right. Like I could like say, hey, I have learned how to venue manage here. Uh, I'm going to train someone how to do venue managing in the pocket theater style, yeah. right? And then franchise it and open up other yeah, ones. Yeah, the right? pocket Portland, the pocket yeah, pocket scene, Portland, you know, right? And then there's a whole network of performers who are doing shows that then can transfer over to other venues and like move around. Like yeah, that, that's like my crazy dream. Um, that's not that crazy based on the fact that you've come this far. It seems like the next logical step. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like imagining the amount of work that it oh, is yeah. to find another space. The this I, have I told you about how hard it was to find this venue? I saw that you put together a little video when just about when you were about to open like the thanks kickstarter thing and so i saw you point out all the different yeah. places you saw and oh my god i went and toured um so was, the seattle market is booming right now for all of you people who don't live here that like it's, it's just it's awful to buy it's not a renter's market yeah um uh so like I was looking, I was like, I'm going to find a place in about three months and then open in, in six. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turned out I'm going to find a place in in, in a year and a month, Ugh. and then I'm going to open in a year and two months, right? right. So, like, <laughs> like it was, like, crazy process. I wound up looking at, God, it was must have been at least 30 different menus. Yeah, your like, video I, put up a little map with red dots, and <laughs> yeah. it was, like, just covered in red. Yeah, like, it's awful. I went everywhere, and it is a terrible experience. I like uh, if there is someone who could solve the commercial real estate thing. If you could solve that and make it so it's not awful, <laughs> like, oh man, you just like thank you. You've made the best business. So I'm calling you out, one of you, one of you wonderful sarcastic <laughs> voyagers. Please solve commercial real estate. Then I'll open pocket in your town. <laughs> um, it, it seems like I mean. Most of the creative people I know are not like like it's not strictly left brain right brain, but it's a lot of I don't know how to deal with business stuff. You don't seem to have that obstacle at least. Like you seem like you, you you're competent on the business end of things, so it wasn't that. It was just a general awfulness. Oh, no, it's a... just terrible. I mean, like it's just the process of like so you go in like for, so for every place that you check out, like for every potential venue that I went to. Um, you first you gotta you gotta find it. You mm-hmm. gotta figure out where it is, which means you gotta spend a day walking around because there's no good listing service. Yeah. So you just gotta walk around the neighborhoods that you wanna go to. Uh, you gotta call, and then you have this whole back and forth thing where you're setting up a thing to go see the venue. Then you go see the venue. You meet the agent, not the landlord. You meet the agent. Right. Um, and he shows you around. and He says, "Oh yeah, we'll totally get this deal done." Every time they always say yes. <laughs> Um, and then you're like, okay, should I set up another meeting? And they're like, we'll get back to you. And then you wait, and then you send them a thing, and they're like, okay, we need another walkthrough. So it's like, okay, go do another walkthrough. So any venue that you're you're like, that's like, oh, this could be it. Like this, we would we would fit in here. Mm-hmm. You're spending at least uh, like a month turnaround on that. Some one of them, we even had like three months where they were jerking our chain around, yeah. and we were like almost there. We even had an architect starting to work on it. Um, 
And it was just garbage. It was just terrible. Uh -huh. um, but the crazy thing, and this is what people kept telling me who had started a business, is like, when you find the right landlord, it's just going to click and it's going to happen instantly. Um, and it's totally how it happened in our, in our space up in Greenwood. I came in, met with a landlord. He's like, that you sound great. I would love to have you. Uh, you are exactly what we want. We want to like bring something that brings stuff to our other businesses in the area. Right. Um, and he's like, when can you move in? And I was like, I, you mean I don't need to fiddle around? He's like, no, when, like we just need to sign these papers. <laughs> Here's a bag of cash. And I'm like, I sold. should probably show this to a lawyer. He's like, well, do it. Like that kind of thing. And they're super nice. They're like so excited that we're here. They've That's done, great. They've like, we had this crazy roof debacle where it was leaking. And oh, like, yeah, they, I heard about that. They spent tons of money fixing it and they've made a new floor. They've set in a bunch of wiring. So, like, and it happened like, or like almost overnight. Yeah, we were we were coming here weekly for the writers group, and we came here like as soon as you signed the the, the lease. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, we don't the have to. Writers group was the first thing that happened. Yeah, you're like, okay, just set some chairs up. Let's go. We don't. <laughs> we, this isn't complicated. Let's do this. And and between like Monday nights, like I'd come and it was just like a, a disaster. And then the next week it was like half a theater, and the next week it was a theater. It's like yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, it was just the kind of thing where like I we had raised enough money to build out a theater and last for three and a half months or something like that without production mm -hmm. and it had become a year and so I was like doing like half ass like, well not half ass it was more work than this but I was doing like the I was producing at other venues and like I was constantly doing that rigmarole of like locking down venues for mm -hmm. months at a time and which the more time you spend doing that the less time you're working on getting this place yeah, yeah. Um, but I like so by the time we got in here it was like I have to be making money yeah. in August. Like, it's just like, it's got to be done. So I was doing like 80 hour work weeks, like where I, we had volunteer crews that were coming in twice a week with like in between five and 10 people. Um, and it, it was great. It was a lot of fun. It was, mm -hmm. I, working with your hands is very satisfying when you do a job where you're just like at the computer all day. I'll do this like me. Right. Um, but yeah, so it, it it kind of like popped up instantly. Like that was the cool part of it. It was like when it finally got there, it was like it just happened. Um, and all the pieces fell into place. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what I'm trained to do. I am not a commercial real estate agent. <laughs> like, I thought, like for that, I, I broke down like half like in in the winter last year or in the spring. And I just had like this crazy like crying like like uncontrollable fit. Um, I felt like a fucking two year old, but I was like, so in it, it was so bad. Like we had just received like the space that had been stringing as long was like, nope. And I was oh. like, Oh, what am I going to do? I was like, literally in the, like, how am I going to be able to like, do I have to give up on this? Like, yeah. I promised all these people and I took their money and, and yeah. yeah. Like, how do I make it happen? Um, so yeah, it, but it, we're here now and it's awesome. And, and you've been going strong for almost four months now. So yeah. We're we're on our on our uh, on a trajectory to be four months in the black, which is fucking. That is fantastic. It's insane for. I would a brand not have guessed. Company. Yeah, <laughs> especially for an arts company, right? Like that's unheard of. Right. We also our, our our business model is there. It is entirely based upon ticket sales, bar sales, and uh, tuition from mm -hmm. classes. Uh, we're not uh, a donation business, right? Um, which was something that was really important to me after seeing how all of these other, like larger arts institutions, are so at the whim of 
the economy and to the giving cycles right. of like larger corporations and stuff. You can't like, plan around that. Like, right. Yeah. So like when I was working at Act Theater, it was like this constant kind of like, are we going to have enough money? You know, like kind of thing. And I'm like, you have like these crazy amounts of grants and you're constantly doing development and like your ticket sales aren't covering that, you know, like, and right. that that is a business model, but it was a business model that was developed in the fifties, you know, like <laughs> right. when we were living flush after the second world war. Right. Um, so like, that was a big part of my thing was like donation. Like, like I'm, I'm not, we're not a nonprofit. We're a not for profit. Cause like, I, like I'm giving as much money to the artists as I can, you know? Right. Um, anyway, so that, 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 I don't know where we got, like, what else would you like to know? <laughs> well, I think, I think we've, we've covered like just like the theater and the, and the business and everything. I kind of want to get back into, to talking about comedy specifically. Yeah! Like Let's talk about comedy. Um, and, and this is, <laughs> this is literally something just having listened to you, having sat in on a bunch of the writing group, like I could talk to you about this for hours. You could be, like I say, I haven't met a ton of people who think about it quite so critically as you right. do. Um, I, but I won't because we both have things to do. But <laughs> we can talk about we can talk about theory if you want. No, yeah. No, I, I well, I mean, for real quick, I, I did want to talk about your your part of uh, you mentioned ubiquitous thing. Yeah. How many people are in that group? Because every time, like, I see on Facebook and stuff, yeah. there must be like thirty people in that group. So we started in college, right? Mm -hmm. Um. Uh. And in college, we did. There was no rubric for like what is the sketch group. Mm -hmm. um, so we had casts of sixteen rotating every semester. So we did a, sh a new show every semester, and we had a cast of sixteen mm -hmm. um, or so. And then we made it up here, and we're like, you know what? We've like we did a small show up here where we had eight people, and mm -hmm. we're like, oh, you know, that's not big enough. We need more people. <laughs> so we we did a casting call, and that's where Spike came from. Uh, and uh, Nelson Moody was in our group for a bit, but we at our biggest we were twelve, mm -hmm. um, and that's when we started interacting with other sketch groups, and they're almost always two to four people, <laughs> so we're like this huge monster. Right. Um, right no. now there are we have ten active members, and uh, I would say I think we have six alumni members, and our board, which is just like people who are supporters and fill in and like, sure. hang out. Um, is is at three or four right now, um, which is crazy. <laughs> like, well, no, I, I think of it as like like I see some of the other groups and they're just like like think of it in like music terms. Mm -hmm. I, like they're like a typical four piece band. There's like a, a guitarist, a bassist, a singer, and a, and a drummer. And you guys are like the full like you got the horn section, <laughs> and you're like the full like seventies funk band where yeah, there's like twenty guys up there jamming, and it's you know <laughs> yeah. they're both fantastic music. It's just more like you guys are more elaborate as all. Yeah, and I mean like we we used to try to get like our full team involved in every show back before we had like adult lives um uh but now we've kind of gone into this mode where we are kind of like a collective of people and then whoever's available to do a show we we throw it we throw down like casts of three to five right which is the normal kind of sketch show yeah. thing which is like logistically no and, and every i think i've seen you guys three or four times now and every time like you're the only constant member everybody else is like <laughs> i've never seen that person before because like, it's my job now yeah know? um yeah i i just can't get enough like that's that's my thing like <laughs> well uh, plus you're running the place so yeah, you're yeah, you're yeah. always here yeah, yeah, yeah it's not like you're off doing something else like somebody else might be oh and it's just like it's, it's a compulsion for me like yeah um like jason Miller has got like he does music stuff. He's like a really fantastic uh, electronic musician. Mm -hmm. uh, Spike has um, 
he's part of his group, a Satori group. He also writes for Grantland. He's like a mm. he's like a sports comedy writer. Nice. Um, on top of writing uh, plays and also screenplays. Wow. For sitcoms and stuff, he's like everywhere. Um, Sophie is training to be, like she runs this thing called the Passion Project, mm-hmm. um, and she's training to become a midwife. Jocelyn is uh, she does like visual arts. So like a lot of the other guys have other things that they do, <laughs> like they like they branch out. And I'm like right. just like I just do sketch comedy. Like that's my thing. <laughs> um, uh, so it's a little bit easier for me to like just like do it. And I I I'm also like one of the people that really likes coordinating and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting to me because it feels like. Certain groups have like, uh, like a vibe, like like princess writes princess sketches, yeah, you know, princess, like, like, and like they have their own voice. It's and, like, like kind of relaxed and fun, right? And, and drop the root like, beer, it's d- surprisingly dirty, is right? Like how... <laughs> and drop the root beer does maybe more surreal stuff, yeah. with more, You know, like everyone's got. But you guys with a group that big, do you really have like? Is there a UT yeah. vibe still? Yeah. So I we we have. Um, Basically, what we do is, I, I would say we have a process mm-hmm. um, and and kind of like a special sauce that we have. So, uh, a big part of um, what we do now is we're like, who wants to do a show? And then we start from uh, like, why is it important that we're doing this show? We ask the big questions up top now, mm-hmm. which is like, why is the show important? What subjects do we want to tackle? Um, what, how do we want to stretch ourselves this show? Like what, what would be like a big experience for us? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we build the show based upon that. Um, and then the kind of constant that is our kind of hallmark is, um, we, we, we've, we've been doing this long enough that we're not worried about being funny anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, was we, yeah, not, we got that now. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, it was like comedy is a thing that you can learn. Like I, I strongly believe that. Um, and we've been doing it long enough that we, we know that we're going to we're going to reach that level of entertainment. We're going to be entertaining. Sure. And so, like, it's more important for us to shoot for interesting. Right. Like to shoot for something that is that that is truly like unique or honest or is we we don't judge a sketch anymore based upon like, is this funny? We mm-hmm. don't ask ourselves that question. We ask like is this interesting, right? And then on top of that, so that's kind of like what, how our rubric for material. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our, our rubric for performance is uh, very much uh, real emotional investment in whatever's happening. Mm-hmm. So we, we really focus on like, if this is a scene and these characters are really feeling this thing and like it's re- like it's imp- they feel it's important and that the things that are happening are real. Mm-hmm. Um, what, even if it's something totally crazy, you know, like, well, of course. Yeah. And, and I mean, we, we write really surreal shit a lot of the time, but it's coming from a place of like real human connection is like our push. Hmm. Um uh, so yeah, it, it, th- that's kind of like our special sauce, I would say, and, and that that's kind of the through line that we have. And any of the shows that we've been successful in is like really kind of commitment to to character and to like acting work and shit like that. Hmm. Yeah. So you specifically, me, uh, like just broad like influences. Like I always, this is the question I always ask. Like who, like who did you look at and say I want to do what they're doing? This is this is amazing. Okay. You can p- get paid to put on a dress or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
so like when I was growing up, uh, my family, um, I, I was blessed with a family that really loves movies, like loves movies. Um, so uh, when I was a kid um, growing up, we would go see a movie probably at least once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I got older, we started seeing even more. So we would see probably almost everything that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, especially action movies was was a thing that I was really into. Like mm-hmm. that 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 was like our family thing. My mom my mom was like, I don't have anyone to watch The Rock with like at home. Mm-hmm. She's like, Clayton, you're eight. You want to watch The Rock? I was like, yeah, I do. And like that was like, oh, my God. He stabbed himself in the heart. Um, so that was like the just general vibe. And then on top of that, um, we would also go see all those big, um, like, weird shows that when they would come to the, the, the Paramount in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, uh, Stomp. And mm. uh, and like blast, which is the marching band version of Stomp, mm. um, or like Riverdance. So I've seen sure. like I was just lucky enough to be in a situation where my my family's taking me to see all these like super crazy, phenomenologically weird like things, right? right. Um, like Blue Band Group and stuff like that, right? Um, and then as far as like uh, like theater theater goes, um, uh. We we used to go to this place in Heritage Square, which was this old pioneer town that had been converted into a combination of like a shitty theme park and uh, and like little shops. Mm-hmm. And they had a playhouse there where they did like musical melodramas like and it was the same cast as like a repertory cast. And they mm-hmm. would write new musical comedy melodramas. And I was just like enamored with this. So like, huh. like they were basically like you know like Dick Dastardly on the streets, you know like <laughs> tying this lady to the thing, and like right. the audience would boo, and like it was really interactive. Oh, nice. Um, and they had like a live piano accompanist and that stuff. And I went watching that. I was like, that is these are people like the, because I saw them show to show. I was like, these are real people who are doing this. It, I didn't look at them as actors, you mm. know like this is a thing that people do and they love it. Like they're like in it and they're connecting with the audience and it's really powerful. Right. So uh, I would say that like that was one of my big like draws to live stuff. Um, As far as uh, like kind of like specific voices, um, like I grew up loving Jim Carrey Mm -hmm. and Robin Williams um, and uh, a like I love cartoons. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up on all the Dexter's Lab kind of like that that era of Hanna Barbera. That was right, really, right, right. Really big for me. Um, and uh, like the fucking I love Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. Like like they're so racist, <laughs> so awful. God. Like watching it now, especially living in Seattle, I'm like ooh yeah. Ooh. Like well, it's weird. I, I moved here from the D.C. area, and right. I, I grew up with the Washington Redskins. No big deal. No big deal. And I lived here about a year, and then I looked back and like, Jesus, that like, is not okay. <laughs> that is not okay. Why did I think that was okay? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So like, I, I, I my, my big influences were were like these like larger than life things. It seems like energy is the like you just love the high energy, the frenetic pace. The, the yeah, the, I like I like the kind of breaking reality aspect of all of these things. Mm-hmm. Like, um, especially when you're moving into like like live performance. Like, sure. Um, I love 
things where you like ask the audience to to engage in something that is not the everyday or that takes the everyday and makes it incredible you know Mm -hmm. like those that's that's like where my heart really like lies is like in that our imagination is so gigantic and why don't we take advantage of that you know right no (laughs) no no i understand what you're saying completely that's cool um I'm 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 gonna steer in a bit of a different direction here. Okay. If if this is something you don't want to talk about, we I will just cut this part out. No, fire away. It's it's something that I've been talking to people about more recently, and I, I'm just curious. It just it, some you mentioned Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Some comedians tend toward depression, mm-hmm. toward just just that awful end of things. Yeah. And I look at I mean I there's no other way to say it. I look at somebody like you with all the energy you have, and I think you can't be like that all the time there must be some like is 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 there a dark side to that oh uh, yeah uh I, and you don't have to get that personal no, i'm no, just fine, in broad man. terms no i mean there's nothing to hide um i i uh, first off i cannot i cannot operate without sleep like i am not one of these people i i tried <laughs> i tried for a while but i need i need fucking nine hours a day and that is more than most people get um but i need it and Um, that's that's i'm the same way and that is a thing you come to if i'm not mistaken through trial and error through horrible experience and like okay no i can't do this anymore Oh, you know i sleep seven hours a night and i'm fine and i'm like i'm not fine i'm not fine um i I mean i can do it like one day but then i'm like i need to fucking crash yep um so like that that's part of it is like i spend a lot of time like i like a lot of like solo time just mm-hmm. fucking doing nothing like and i just sit there like staring at a wall <laughs> you know huh. like and i like build time into my life to just be there like oh, yeah this is the nothing time right yeah the nothing time like maybe i'll like have like a youtube video going or something like yeah, that yeah. like um or like i love like video games or something that i do mm-hmm. um but uh, it, it, it's been a process of like learning how to do that. Self-care has been a big part of it. Another thing is like, I've, I've like uh, crippling anxiety about letting people down. Like that, that's like a big part of like, it's, it's a motivating thing, but it's also the kind of thing that like, I, I like, if I do something that like, I inadvertently, I'm like hurting someone mm-hmm. like, and I'm not meaning to, it like wrecks me and I will be done for like a long time until I feel like I've resolved it. Yeah. Um, like there was this one time where I was like a camp counselor, um, and uh, uh, one, me and my co-counselor had like he had a razor and we had buzzer heads, right? Mm-hmm. And there was this other counselor who was like across the way from us, and we kind of like stuck up on him and like buzzed his head. You know, it's like ah, fun games. Um, but then, like in retrospect, like I got reprimanded by the, like my boss, who I really cared about, um, and Marty Ferguson, YMCA camp chief array. Uh, it's really awesome. Go there. It's in the Rockies. Um, uh, he he took me aside and he's like, "What is this? What is the story that you're telling to the children? Um, you're telling them that they can force like this thing upon people that they don't mm. want." And like I fucking broke down. I was like. It ruined me. Like I was so sad. I was so apologetic, and like it. Ru- like I was so. I just broke down, and like, like it was like in the middle. Like it was right, right. Like the middle of everything. Um, but yeah. So like that that happens to me, and it like kind of just rocks me. You know, like I, 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 I spend a lot of my life trying to like make people happy, and I mean like that's that's a big part I think of a lot of comedians is like you have this deep down like 
psychological urge, just like all, I, I feel like all human beings have this, um, and it can get twisted and warped into weird ways. But like, you 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 want the best for other human beings, and you want to be like a net gain, like in, in for for the for the race, you right? Know? Like you want you want you want your impact to be one that people are when when you're gone that people are like, I'm glad that they were there, you know. Right. And so when something like for for me at least as a comedian when when like giving laughter is like one of the ways that I do that but also like being nice to people right and when that goes awry like that can be like just fucking devastating you know <laughs> well it's interesting you talk about like you mentioned sort of offhand that that anxiety is a motivating factor like that you yeah. it's it's like you took a negative thing you took like your tendency to get anxious about something and you said no no I can use this to move me forward like yeah, that's yeah yeah it's, it's really interesting that like it, it, it seems like a coping mechanism oh like, for sure um like yeah maybe i'm gonna feel awful if i don't deliver on this so i can turn that around and say so i better deliver on yeah it. yeah i i i am i am not I, i'm not naturally a social butterfly like that's not my my natural place um like growing up i was like really kind of uh like so socially inept like right. i would just die. like i looking back on myself i'm like oh god i was an asshole <laughs> it's like a real asshole and i felt like people were being an asshole to me and i'm like no no i was the asshole i was me um and there was a point at which i like i think i realized that it was like in eighth grade and i, I was i was terrified of interacting with people and i was terrified of um of doing something wrong and uh, I was really anxious about engaging with groups of people like of all sizes. Um, and I sat down and I, like I, I looked at myself and I was like, I don't want to be this way anymore. And from that point on, I've had to like kind of learn like what social norms are, <laughs> you know, like like learn them. And then specifically, like because of like my mental state is like one of like problem solving, I'm like, why do people do this thing? What are they trying to get out of it? How do I incorporate that into my like behavior? You mm -hmm. know, like, um, and so like that process where you're saying like taking this aspect of myself that like is like anxiety is like like anxiety and letting people down specifically like and using that as a motivator to to help me help people and right. feel good about it. Um, it was a process like that that came out of like me doing that consistently with other aspects of myself that I didn't like. Mm -hmm. um, like remembering people's names, you know, like, oh, people like that. You know, like there was a time when I like didn't give a shit, you right. know, like, and now I'm like, oh, that means something to someone else. I should practice it and like work on it. I don't know. Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. No, I just like, and it, when I talk to groups, it's not really something that comes up. But when I talk to people one-on-one, -on -one, I'm really curious because most comedians, you know this, you deal with way more comedians than I do. Right. But you you know this, most comedians in some way are kind of fucked up. Yeah. Like, And I don't even mean that in a bad way, just like some of us are more prone to depression, some of us are more prone to this or yeah, that. Yeah, for real. There's I, a lot of darkness in there. I think, I think a big part of it, too, is that um, as performers or as comedians or people artists right um your your kind of like existence is in, in one of communication right mm -hmm. like I, I feel like it, at its core art is communication um and there's like there's the always the debate of like what is art but sure like for me like communication is art right and 
as artists, you are spending a lot of time communicating. So those those parts of you that are broken, if you're being honest and you're communicating in a truthful way, those aspects of yourself come out, you know, like, like you, they're, they're out there. Mm -hmm. And I feel that all, I, all that artists tend to get this rap of like being broken and weird and like messed up. Mm -hmm. I think everyone's messed up. Okay. <laughs> I feel like we're like, everybody's like the people suffered from depression, even if they're suffering in silence, like as an, as an accountant, you know? Sure. Um, you, so you don't think creative people are more prone to that? I don't know. I don't, that, that's the thing. It's like I don't have data to support it. Sure. Um, but I, I feel like it, it, part of part of the aspect of it is like we we see these artists who are dealing with this, like especially like it's it's this high contrast with comedians, right? Mm -hmm. Because the the outward form of comedy is one of lightheartedness or kind of like opening, like it's an open thing. Right. And then when you see this contrast, like when a comedian breaks, you know? Um, so you think we just notice it more because I the think, contrast is... I think that's part yeah. of it, yeah. Um, but it's also like we're asking artists to tap into it, you mm -hmm. know? So that might put them in positions that might be unsafe, you know? And they're being put into these unsafe positions where their natural predilections cause them to to have these breaks, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, and I, I feel like it's hard to, uh, as artists, we're constantly like, we, we are empathizing and identifying with the other. Like we're, we're trying to find that out. We're, we're observing and like working with those aspects of the other right? Um, and engaging with it. And then as we kind of take that exercise, no one is like observing and like, like allowing us to have that space for ourselves, you know? So mm -hmm. it, it put, makes an unsafe environment. And then there's the break that happens out of that. And this is just me like thinking about it. No, no, I, I'm, I'm just curious what different people think. Like it's yeah. not, I'm not, uh, well, you're a, you're a clinical psychologist. Please tell me, <laughs> yeah, please, gonna... answer this once and <laughs> yeah. for all. Why are comedians depressed? I've just, I, I, I have been graced with a fantastic support network in, in the sketch comedy, uh, sketch comedy community in Seattle. Mm -hmm. I would say that the people who have been drawn to it here are open, caring, and want the best for the other people in the community, like with their, with, with their full, full and open hearts. Um, yeah, my, my experience has been a lot more positive. Like, not that I expected everyone to be dicks or anything, but like, I, I, there's a lot more positivity than I anticipated just because I, I, oh, these are all comedians. They all hate, they all hate themselves. <laughs> they all don't want to like give up any attention or, or right. credit to anybody else. Like, cause you know, there's definitely people like that in, yeah. in the, in the business, in the, you know. I, th I think a big part of what makes Seattle great is. That there isn't a business, you know, like I like I, there's part of me that's like I want there to be business here. I want there to be a uh, well, yeah, yeah, I, business. I I use business in in the just like people who practice the art form, people right. like comedians, like yeah. The 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 stereotype is self hating, mm -hmm. competitive. Mm -hmm. Like I I expected sort of each troop to have their own. Like oh, we're not gonna like I'm not gonna laugh at that. That means that you're better than me, right? But, but there's there's not like that at all. Yeah, I I feel like. Uh, because sketch is a collaborative art form, mm -hmm. that the groups that stay inherently have this welcoming, positive attitude toward other people. Mm -hmm. 
um, because otherwise they would implode. Like if, if you have a selfish person in a comedy group, like like in a sketch group, mm -hmm. they tend to implode the group and it, it, it like disbands, you know? It makes like sense. It, it escapes. So the long-standing ones, the ones that are are, are going on, are, are people who are interested in community and helping each other out because you can't operate in even a small group of like four people unless you want to help the other people in the group, right? And right. It, and you and and you're at least some level doing the improv maxim of uh make everybody else a rock star. You know, right. like that's that's part of it. And I feel like we as a community have kind of like set that standard with the groups like cuz everybody in Drop the Root Beer and Run is just fucking so nice <laughs> and like princess they're all nice and like day job they're all nice and uh porkville players they're all they're just like nice yeah. people we've set that as the bar and we don't tolerate groups that aren't that way we don't like welcome them in you know like right. if, if they're not going to be nice we're just like not going to deal with you you won't get into the the kind of like machine that we have we're starting to build you sure know? well and and you probably won't see it this way, but I think you're a big part of that. Oh, thank you. I think you like you have you put off an aspect of of overwhelming positivity oh, and of just you're excited really about it, and you're just like that. I mean I I really don't know how to like I, I don't know how to kiss your ass in a way that's where I still sound cool. I'm sorry. You no, know, you're cool. I just you're cool. I you're very nice too. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm a dick. No, you're not a. Dick. No, 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 no. But I'm saying like I we we like we go to these writing groups and you you your your passion for the for the art form and mm -hmm. for 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 doing this stuff and just your your positivity. Everyone I've talked to says, yeah, that just makes me want to be like that. I don't want to like, it's not quite like a dad role or something where we don't want to disappoint you, but we don't, we don't want to bring the room down. You've, right. you've set the energy level up here. Yeah, we yeah. don't want to bring it down. We want to keep it where that you set sense. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and totally you, makes sense. you're setting an example. And oh, thank you. That's good. And I'm sure other people are doing it as well, but you, you're sort of the one everyone looks to. You've put oh. these groups together. You, 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 you're running this place. Like, it's just, you know. Thank you. Uh, that, that really means a lot. Um, yeah, I... I, I I would be lying if I said I wasn't like trying to lead by like trying well, you, to yeah you lead what you said example. earlier is basically I've I've been trying to do that and I'm telling you you've you've been yeah, successful thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah I'm uh, I I I I'm a bit I'm a big believer in like be be, be the change you want to see in the world like sure. as, as silly as that sounds but like I, eh, that's, cliches come from somewhere yeah, yeah. I, and that's kind of where I am it's like if I if I'm not in a place to to be that and to live that that to be and live the kind of person that I'd want to know, mm -hmm. then I should reevaluate that, you know, like if I, if that's impossible to do, then like I shouldn't ask that of other people. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I think, I think we're just like in a kind of a perfect storm in Seattle for, um, really friendly people to make really interesting art, um, of all sorts and to collaborate with each other. So, right. All right. Well, I, th I think uh, that's mostly what I wanted to cover. Like I say, okay. we could we could go on forever, but uh, we have yeah. things to do. Um, is there anything you want to plug? I mean, the the, the pocket, obviously. Yeah. Um, if you're ever in Seattle, come see a show. If you know anyone who is an excellent performer and they want to come to Seattle, get them in contact with me. Um, as far as stuff to plug, uh, the thing I would plug is that I would just want people to get out there and make some art. You know, <laughs> like yeah. like get out there. It's totally possible. Um, and if you talk to someone, if you like get out there and you, you put your dream on the line more often than not, people want to support you. And I want that to be the way that people operate because I couldn't have gotten here without a lot of people having dreams and like 
that's my dream is that there's just a never-ending supply of like radical dreamers that are around here. This show was produced by me, Ron Algarwatt, and featured Clayton Weller. To learn more about Clayton's Pocket Theater, go to thepocket.org. To learn more about Seattle Sketchfest, go to sketchfest.org. To learn more about me, visit Algar, that's double A-L-G-A-R, dot com. Thanks for listening.